Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. It should go without saying. I'm your host, Andrew Lewis, and today we're doing something we haven't done in a little while, and that's we're going to talk NBA, NBA offseason, NBA moves and shakes, and all sorts of things going on. Players getting traded, players not wanting to play, players saying, I'm not coming back, players then coming back. We have a lot to talk about. So, joining me, as always, every time we talk, the association is. Is our two resident NBA experts first and foremost from the podcast? You can't cop this, Adam Amy. How are you doing, Adam? Look, um, I wasn't going to come on the show. Let's be real. I, we, I, I, I was refusing. I wanted to trade to a different podcast. Um, but after a discussion, look, everything's great. Uh, we're going to continue doing pods together, and it's going to be fantastic. I'm mm. great. So, in in that scenario, you're Durant. And if I just don't podcast despite them paying me for like <laughs> like six weeks like I did in July while I was doing other things, um, does that make me Ben Simmons? And then it turns Is out that you have the a real back injury that mentioned Ben Simmons name in a podcast? That was the quickest. That's actually the quickest. Yeah, you sorry, you haven't been introduced yet. Um, <laughs> Paddy Mills is sitting in the corner. The we'll get it out of the way. <laughs> Thinking, well, this is just like the Olympics. You didn't play then either. Anyway... Um, also joining us is, I'm proud to announce, the Republican nominee for the Senate in Pennsylvania, Dr. Oz. I mean, no, it's Dan. Dan Shea. Different, different doctor. Yep, yep. Bringing, bringing the... Oh, another bring, doctor. Bringing the heat today, yeah. <laughs> bringing the heat indeed. Um, the most... We'll get straight into it. The most active team in this offseason is the Blow It Up. Utah Jazz, who have decided much to my celebration after many years of them being, you know, uh, annoyingly competent, but um, certainly not great in the postseason. They blew it up. They traded Rody Rudy, Rudy Goubert. They, Rudy that, Goubert. I, there's a spoonerism for you. Um, I'm, a, I'm a cutting stunt. Um, they traded Rudy Gobert, the Stifle Tower, to Daniels, Minnesota Timberwolves for... A lot. A bunch like of four stuff. first round draft picks. Pat Bev. Pat Bev. We'll, we'll get back to we'll get we'll come back around to that. One. Um yep. And um half the population of St. Paul. Um they're gonna team up Ant Man Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, and Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert and make a run at the second round of the playoffs. So Daniel, your your thoughts as, as someone with whose team was involved in this trade, as someone who has skin in the game, your th- thoughts on the Go Bear trade? Uh well, so the um the T Wolves have done this to me a couple of times now, where <laughs> they've picked up a player who's well, I guess it hasn't happened yet with uh with Rudy, but um they picked up a player who I didn't like very much before they came to us. <laughs> Um, who I'm in a position where I need to, I, I'm I'm trying to find a way to like them more. Um, like jokes aside, though, I think we gave up too much. Well, we gave up a lot. So everything is it was I, officially, much too much, right? Officially. I, I'm a, I'm a I'm a big fan of um I was, I'm a big fan of um Vanderbilt. I I I, I kind of wish we hadn't included him. Um, sorry, you were you were going to uh, out uh, state the actual. Um, transaction. Yes, yes. I, I'm yep. doing my research on air. It is um, Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, Leandro Romaro, 
the draft rights to Walker Kessler, um, who I believe is a college football announcer for ESPN, and four first-round draft picks and a 2026 first-round pick swap. Yeah, and you know the way that the way that the um, uh, the way that the um, the Walker Kessler inclusion has been um, talked about is you know given that he hasn't played an NBA game yet that um, it's kind of like five draft picks. So you know Pat Bev was the other one I was talking about who I didn't like very much, and then of course as you predicted, I liked him very much when he was with us. Um, so. <laughs> So, um, you know, there's that. I, the Vanderbilt one, honestly, is the one that hurts um, because I was really impressed with him in the playoffs. Um, I thought as a kind of, I thought he, he was a good fit, um, you know, young guy, hence inexpensive, good contract, all of that. Um, and I thought he fit well alongside Cat, uh, who, as a T-Wolves fan, I don't love as much as I should, probably. <laughs> Because um, I don't love him very much. No, I think he's, the best shooting, right he's the best shooting big man in the league. Mm. Ever, ever. Sorry, whoops. Yeah, and and struggles to uh, struggles to string two good games together. Um, I I think that um, having you know this kind of function of having a good rebounding, defensing post big is uh, to play alongside Cat is a good idea. Um, and, um, you know, I think Rudy's ability to play with that team, with the, um, with the shooting, with the space, um, is potentially going to be really good for us. I think we're kind of a really good team, although we lost a little depth in that. Um, obviously, from the Jazz side, it's part of their, um, you know, blow everything up strategy um, that became more and more clear. I guess I'm reminded of the um, uh, the now iconic Brian Windhorst um, first take moment with the trade just before this, where he knew this was happening but couldn't say, you know, what's going on in Utah? <laughs> what's going on? Um, so yeah, look, I think overall we got we got better. Um, I honestly, I don't, I'm not going to miss Beasley. Um, I think he was, I think he's a bit of a loose cannon, um, more off court than on. Yep. Um, he can be a bit of a microwave, um, but I, I, I kind of like not having him as a distraction now. If we can just work out uh, what to do at point guard, I'm going to be even happier. We've got a guy. Yeah, we've got a guy. We do. Actually, you've got a guy. Yeah. D'Angelo was a point guard. Mm. He's a point guard, and actually last season he was a pretty surprisingly good defensive kind of coordinator, even if he's not a great one-on-one defender. Um, but the the irrational confidence sometimes gets us in trouble. When he's not on, um, he he does hurt us. When he's on, he can be great. But if well, it if, depends. Is he gonna is he gonna be sparring with Nick Young anytime soon? <laughs> Did you see that tweet? Swaggy <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i mean in short i like i like the trade for us um we paid we paid a lot but on the other hand we're in a very cold place we don't attract free agents and very if we want to get so- if we want to get someone who's been in all-star and all nba um conversations really um there are only so many ways we can do it and 
I think the other part of it is new owners. We've got new owners, new owners who are willing to take some risks. And honestly, like all new owners, they're a little dumb um, at first. All new owners are a little dumb. And so, um, you know, I kind of like the fact that we took a swing. Um, I'm not, it's not lost on me that Danny Ainge fleeced another new owner um, uh, in, in the transaction. Um, but, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm excited. And I think um, Ant-Man, whether it's next season or the season after, I'm very, very excited about the, a, future, a future team centered around him. Um, uh, I, I, don't think, I don't think Cat's our centerpiece. I, I I tend to agree on that. I think Cat had his opportunity, and now he's um he's definitely up there. But this is this is going to be Ant Man's team. I think the biggest thing that that came out, and this was particularly true during the playoffs, uh, or particularly clear during the playoffs, is um yeah I know total shrink talking right, but I just I don't think Cat is um he kind of needs a bit more uh emotional regulation. <laughs> Like, he's not a dumb guy. <laughs> he's not a dumb guy, but he really just put. doesn't do well under pressure. He gets frustrated and then he starts fouling like anybody's business you in a way that's D'Angelo. He's got not... ice in his veins. Well, yeah. Now, if only he could shoot well twice in a row, like two games in a row, like he'd be great. <laughs> You've got all the roller you know, coasters in the makings of a great roller coaster team. There, it's fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um. I'd rather um, a roller coaster um, than a train wreck. That let's just say that. Yeah, I've bulk ordered my beta blockers for Nick. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, unbelievable! You um, that were not finished. Mm. However, uh, um, they decided to properly blow it up by sending Donovan Mitchell. Cleveland Cavaliers did not see this one coming. I can tell you that much. Um, and I will just, there we go, Donovan Mitchell. Now, if Donovan Mitchell was traded for Laurie Market and Colin Sexton, Ochai Agbaji, three first-round draft picks and two pick swaps. Um, I don't think the haul was quite as good for Utah on this one, um, but Sexton's probably the best player coming back in any of the other of those trades, but they had now you know, they've managed to turn Gobert and Mitchell into seven first round draft picks and Wessler, who was just taken in the first round, hasn't played an NBA game yet. So mm. um obviously the the idea is that the first round draft picks that they get in are worth more before the selection than they are after the selection. So yeah. we haven't seen OKC push their chips into the middle of the table with their suite of draft picks. They got Paul George and um, Chris Paul and others. Um, so it will be interesting to see how Ainge uses these draft picks to try and actually get his hand on some high-level talent. Because the most valuable first-round draft picks they're going to get uh, are going to be the ones that they earn themselves from being made bad. Mm. On the other hand, Cleveland are suddenly, you know... Relevant. ...have an incredible 35. Um, well, well, uh, yeah. really give up anything 
that that they that they didn't you know there was no there was an arm twist there they've still got the um they've still got the Levert and Love contracts they could make another move um I'm just not sure what they would be looking for in the market considering what they have and what would be the best complementary fit for this like the spot on the, in the starting five they've got left now that they've got Garland and Mitchell and Allen and Mobley. Well, it's yeah, well, that, that, what, that's the thing. Well, like, it really is Scotty Pippen. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not Scotty Pippen Jr. Yeah, you know, no, the actual Scotty Pippen. OG Scotty. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think I think the Cavs are really well constructed now. Um, sex, getting rid of Sexton was a great, great move. Like, I don't know. Now they've they seem more well rounded. Would be my um my summary on that. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is is the firepower that they sort of they needed. They've already got a good defensive mindset, and they they do. They've got a great um they've got great defense to to back up his uh, shortcomings, which is which is Utah's biggest problem, I guess. Although he did, I mean, they did have the stifle tower, so yeah, it's. I don't know. I just, I just think Cleveland looks yeah, scary now. I don't think Jared Allen or Evan Mobley gave Donovan Mitchell COVID, <laughs> which might have caused a little bit of not yet of a problem and a half years ago with their with their interpersonal you, relationship. You feel like there's a personality they, clash there of sorts. Dan, what they, do you think? And they, and, they, and they talk and they talk Stuff. about Rudy's lack of an offensive game. Um, <laughs> it was very offensive. <laughs> um, so I, I really, I agree. I actually think that even though the number of picks is, you know, there's still a number of picks in that, I think because of the Cavs, um, the balance and age and contract control, I mean, Mitchell's under contract for, is it four more seasons, something like that? No, nah, I think it's only two more and a, and a, and a, and a player option, isn't it? Oh, or is, is it a team okay. option? Right, right, might right. Be, it might be a team option, but I think it's two plus one. I think it's a total of three. Well, nevertheless, um, I, it's, I gather... It's not one season, yeah. Well, I gather from listening to, um, uh, I think it might have been the Simmons podcast, that there was some inside information that he was uh, privately really happy about the trade, um, specifically the trade, um, that Cleveland was a team he was excited to join. Um, so, mm. you know, this idea that at least as things stand today, um, he'd be leaning towards re-upping... Um, so I think there are a couple of differences. So one of them is that the the Jazz was basically a one a one man defense um, mm. when uh, Mitchell was on it, and mm. I do think um, and you know I'm not going to be um, this isn't a, a kind of an overnight transition into a, being an apologist for Rudy. I mean, you'll if you listen to the previous pods, I said something like this previously, but he got blamed for all of the Jazz's failures on defense when he was that's, the only one that really is his playing. Fault. That's yeah, his fault. which is when he was the only. And well, yes, in the sense that he was the only one playing defense, and so if defense failed. It's in a yeah, sense it was his, his fault. fault if he's right? the only one defending. Well, basically, it was him and Royce yes. O'Neal, both of whom they got rid of. Um, yes, and, yeah. and, um, and and they gave Royce, Royce O'Neal away. That was a, that was the salary dump that Windhurst was talking about yeah. when he wasn't allowed to talk about what was going to happen next. Um, well, and Royce O'Neal leaving, it was also a signal because Royce O'Neal was um, one of Mitchell's, like Mitchell's best or second best friend on the team, I think behind Eric Pascal. Um, and it was kind of a signal that 
they there was a new sheriff in town and that Mitchell wasn't going to be having the same sort of um, input anymore. Um, so I think the Cavs are a very different team in a few ways. One of them is they're not a one-man defense. Um, nope. You know, um, like Garland might not be up there with the um, the you know the best of defenders at his position, but he's he hasn't been tagged as a liability. Um, you know, Mobley has a chance. I mean, has already shown, you know, more than just flashes of being a, a really superlative defensive player. Um, and Jared Allen, uh, who <laughs> really, speaking of throw-ins, like there's no way the Nets should have let him go, but they did, right? Yep. He was a throw-in in that trade. But, you know, between Mobley and Allen, um, Garland not being, a, um, not being a liability. I mean, they've got a really good de- defense that's not as reliant on a single player as yep. the Jazz one. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, uh, speaking of balance, you know, Garland is, he's a point guard. And, um, you know, Mitchell might have played that position, but really he's a scoring guard who isn't a bad playmaker, right? And so the balance in those, uh, between those two is um, mm. much better than it would have been when it was, um, uh, you know, Sexton's loss is a... Um, is a, an addition by subtraction, and just as far as fit goes for the Cavs, like he's not a he, he he's a talented player, um, but also I think um, the idea that he's played well and averaged what is twenty two, twenty four points a game on a team that didn't win any, yeah. um, kind of contributes to this idea that he might be a good stats bad team guy, and in that way might be exactly what the Jazz want <laughs> um, right now because they're not looking to win this season. With that much is obvious. Um, the other thing is because of the age and con- amount of player control, it's unlikely their picks are going to be all that good. So I think that's something something that's worth thinking about um, because, you know, the Cavs, what was it three picks, three first-round picks? Three, yeah. And they're protected, right? Um, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, s- I, seem to remember, I seem to remember reading that at least one of them's, you know, protected for protected three pick, seasons yeah. and then confers to two second-round picks or something. Um in other words, during the window that they're protected um, before they confer, you know, you'd expect the Cavs to be pretty good. So they're I unprotected, I right? Well, in any in any case, I just I don't expect their picks to be all that good, which is probably why they didn't feel like they needed the protection. Um, yeah, sure. I often wonder about that. I mean, if you like the Knicks and you're trading, then you want you know we'll trade you a top twenty nine protected first round draft pick. Um, and and they might be comfortable with that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the Cavs have been fortunate. They, you know, a, you know, one of the greatest five basketballs of all time fell into their lap and then left and then fell into their lap again. Um, which was responsible for all of their appearances in the NBA Finals. But they're not as poorly run as the Knicks, so I can see why they feel like. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna back ourselves with this young nucleus that we've just added Donovan Mitchell to, who's like twenty five. He has got four years left on his contract, yeah. um, so we've got a long term. We've got other guys on rookie deals, uh, like Mobley, who mm-hmm. may be a generational defensive talent, um, the- and able to defend defend all sorts of guys. There are um, signs. There are signs that Mobley might be a really good two-way player. Actually, the defense mm. is ahead of the offense at this point. Mm. But um, you know, there are there are some pretty promising signs, including his work ethic. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, his, his offensive game. 
with that lineup, I mean, with the backcourt of Garland and Mitchell, um, he can he can develop his offensive skills in a complementary way, can't he? And just realise that, yeah, every now and then things are going to be, you know, not every now and then, but more often that regularly things are going to be made easy easy for him offensively. Um, so it'd be good to have those other strings to your bow, so that if plays break down, he can be occasionally relied on to create something. But um, well, and. You know, like Jared Allen's a competent. He's not. A, he's not an outside shooter, but he's a competent offensive player. What did he average? Sixteen mm. points last season. Yeah, I mean, they've got a pretty balanced attack, mm. um, and they've added Donovan Mitchell to that starting lineup. I think, in terms of their sort of weakness, it's really, as you say before, like that. Um, the the three position. Um, you know, Okoro is not really well tested. I think he's the um, anticipated starter. Um, Levert is someone, oh, I'm trying to remember how Simmons put it, um, someone everyone craves until they have him. Um, because, you know, he's a kind of, and I got this guy, he's not an outside shooter, he kind of needs the ball a lot um, and is a bit difficult to you, fit into a kind of a... Uh, do you think it's interesting that Levert was, is it, is it, it might be because of the salaries, but Levert was in this trade and... Some uh, in, not in this trade instead of someone like Markinen, who might be a more complementary piece, or did Markinen well, just sort so of Markinen, I mean, Markinen, get rid? Markinen was starting at um, small forward for them last season, right? I think the, one of the big pro- one of the big issues with um, Markinen is that he's a little bit he's a little bit of a a previous era four. Um, mm. he's, he's a bit too one way. Um, cause ultimately he's not going to be the one that they can get to, you know, defend competent fours of today's era. Right. Yeah. Um, the old picking... idea is that the stuff that we grew up with in the eighties and nineties, that a four was your offensive big guy and your five was your defensive big guy. And they would complement each other that way. Yeah, he's not far. He's not really fast enough to do a great job defending um, modern fours uh, or threes, um, and so he just he was a bit kind of an awkward fit. I mean, that said, they still had what was it a top five defense when Allen was healthy, um, mm, yeah. even with Markin in the lineup. But um, I I think it was a fit issue. I mean, Levert as a backup two three could be all right. Um, I do think that um, uh, unless they make a complicated, a more complicated series of moves, that actually they're better off keeping love, because if you look at that bench, right, who else can stretch the floor that's not a starter? Um, you know, Levert's not a three-point shooter. Um, none of the others are really, you know, good, reliable or volume um, range shooters either. So love's sort of the um, sort of the offense off the bench, um, or at least the perimeter off attack off the bench. Yes. Levert needs room to operate. And so they sort of need each other. Um, and while Love has a really good tradable contract, he was also one of the best bench guys in the entire league last season. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I do think the Jazz are going to look, you know, after this kind of series of moves, they're going to look very kind of um, very odd <laughs> this season. Um, you know, Sexton's probably going to put up a lot of points. Um, they, um, 
you know, they also, they also, you know, in another trade, they also picked up um, Taylor Horton Tucker, who's probably going to um, going to fight the reigning sixth man of the year for role. Um, <laughs> they both like to do exactly the same thing. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting series of moves for um, for Ainge, I think, because it's. I mean, do you remember a time when he did something like this for the Celtics, where? They really just sort of, you know, threw it all in, like so obviously for a trading that trading the now for the future. I don't, I don't remember. It I happening. mean, when they traded Pierce and Garnett to the Nets, yeah, yeah. they yeah. got the picks, so, and that's how they got Tatum and Brown. Right, yeah, certainly yeah. how they got Brown. Yeah, and yeah, <clears throat> and yeah, they got the they got the pick that didn't. Yeah, so big, they, they traded, traded they yeah, traded exactly. the Tatum pick. Yeah. Traded for the yeah. ten pick. They, they got the, they got this. Yeah, and that was an Ainge move. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Fair. Fair. So history repeating, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And the, the the fact that picks are unprotected, at least in the Cleveland part, I, I'll, I'll I'll. Yeah. Be interesting. Yeah. I, um, I think Utah become really irrelevant for a few years, but Ainge will probably ch- turn that round. Um, Cleveland, I think, become very relevant very quickly. Yeah, I I like them. I um I already I already liked them last season, and they're better now. Mm. Um, yeah, well they 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 they've gone from being like the ninth team to being. I I think it pushes them up into that that um. They ran out of thick guys at yeah. the end of last season, and that's why they ended up just missing out. Yeah. You know, well, they, 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 I they, I think they'll be contending for a home playoff spot. That's about where I've got them. Yeah. So. I, I'm not like I'm not 100 percent sure, but before yeah, at this, this is, stage I've I've got them in in that fourth fifth spot in the East. It's that sort of ambitious move that I think we've wanted to see from Cleveland. Um, yes, yes, yeah, time. It, they've they've decided to push all their chips in the middle of the table. they've got, yeah, you know, well, they were shrewd enough to get involved in that four way deal that moved Harden to Brooklyn, and they mm. came out with probably the best. So I think he's probably the best player who moved in another direction. Yeah. In that trade, which you know Houston could have grabbed, but they decided not to. I think because they had Christian Wood, um, which is sort of silly. Um, in retrospect, uh, and I think it was silly, looked silly at the time. I just thought that, that you know that was the one piece that was going to be included in that trade where it was mm-hmm. going to be like, yeah, ooh, I'd like to have him on my team. Yeah. Um. Especially at the value you were probably going to get him at. I mean, look, look what's just happened with my team and the sort of shenanigans that it sort of now set, seems to have resolved itself on DeAndre Aiden. Daryl wasn't drafted first, and you, you've got that, you know, game theory economic thing about drafting a guy first and then what is he worth at the end of his first contract? Is he worth – you have to take into account the fact that you drafted him first four years ago when you're paying him your max when his production says you should be paying him this amount. And we, we've gone over that. Um, but they felt like, we've got Allen now, we, we've fallen into Mobley. Um, they had a really nice roster full of talent, you know, as much as we talk about, the you know, Levert being not a great fit and not a great teammate or not a great, I don't mean that in a, in a disruptive sense, but I mean just like, how do you build a, a, an offense to compete to win games of basketball, yeah, 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 integrating no. a guy who plays offense in that way um, yeah, in that's today's true. NBA. 
So, but he's talented, you know, and he can mm-hmm. put put up points. You know, he can he can fill the score sheet. That you, those guys are always going to get paid in the NBA because there's always going to be someone who's going to be like, we need scoring, and eventually you get to the point where it's like you can't you can't haggle over how you get those points. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. They've got a, a roster that's full of talent. They can, you know, if they if they're able to find someone to take Levert for someone who's a better fit. Um, but you know, be, yeah. true GMs aren't just going to give away a, like a high quality three a D wing for Levert and take on that salary. Yeah, because that's the other thing Cleveland will be trying to do is they'll be trying to be like, can we can we can we shave three or four million dollars off our off our payroll? Yeah, you know, they'll be trying to tick a whole lot of boxes. Sure. Um, and they don't have anything, don't have any draft collateral to add to, you know, they yeah. can't send anything with Levert to, to upgrade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go in the other direction. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Um, but I really like the move. I like the ambition from a mid-market team. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, one who's not, you know, not that, not that, you know, in terms of a times period, not that separated from a period of success. But in yeah. terms of the actual nucleus of the group, almost completely divorced from that success. I mean, Kevin Love's the only one who was there, and you could argue the Cavs going to have much of a contribution. He ended up having to that success in Cleveland because of his fitness, his inability mm. on the court, and the fact that he was never as productive as Cleveland in those years where he was starting and they were winning Eastern Conference titles as yep. he was uh, when he played for Daniels, Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, anyway... Um, it, it, it follows into an interesting question. And again, Donald Mitchell's gone from the Western Conference to the Eastern Conference. So I'm, I, I, I think almost that, that singular trade almost tips the balance in favor. I mean, the East has been getting much better lately, but this trade almost, because I mean, Donovan Mitchell's like a top 25 talent. He's an, he's an all star. Um, mm. So, um, you know, just not wanting to preempt our, you know, seven-hour preview pods uh, <laughs> next month. Seven-hour right? preview pods. That's seven hours for each conference. Peter. Seven hours for each conference. Yeah, <laughs> we'll make them twelve, so we'll you give can you the extended editions available exclusively. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I just, but I was just jotting down a quick, you know, hard and fast, not marrying, not not owning any predictions. Harden. <laughs> Harden. <laughs> of the of the of the conferences, and you know. At the moment, I'd have I probably have Adams Los Angeles Los Angeles Lakers ninth, right, in the Western Conference. Probably and that's that's depending on and, and my my assessment of the Lakers. According, according yep. to one Pat Beverly, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> it's it's good that the Lakers have joined him. Um, <laughs> but it, you know, a, a, a spoiler alert for the preview pod. My analysis of the Lakers is going to be exactly the same as last year. Is their success will be dependent on how much Anthony Davis gets on the court. Had that one, Anthony um, Day to Davis. Thank you, Day to Davis. Yeah. I've got Toronto as ninth in the Eastern Conference, and if the Toronto Raptors played mm. the Lakers in a five-game series, I'm taking the Raptors in five. You're trying to trigger me, but interesting. Yeah. So, you know, it just seems like we've got two. Two and possibly three now that OKC have shut down Chet for the season. Yeah. Three really execrably bad teams in the Western Conference. Um, but yet, you know, 
possibly only one in the Eastern Conference in Indiana who are really just blowing it up. But, you know, like the next two worst mm. teams I've got at the moment in the in the East are Detroit and Orlando, and they're going to be really frisky. interesting and exciting and not a team they are going to be play frisky on, teams. On, on given nights. Yeah. So, yeah, fair, fair point. What do you think, Daniel? Who's, who's got who's who's got the better conference going into this season on paper? My armpit is brought to you by Bet Three Six Five. Sorry, I just saw that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've got to say, I um, I tend to agree that the East has it now. Um, I mean, it's been coming up for a while. It's been competitive. The um, kind of conference play has been very close. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's been. We're, we're in the West for a while now. We've had a couple of teams that have sort of stood out from fairly early on and stayed that way. Yep. Um, the East has been much less predictable the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Um, and yeah, with some of this, um, some of this shift in talent, some people who, some important players who might be healthy now, for example, um, might be engaged now. We'll see. Um, and a few players, a few players changing conferences. Um, uh, I know he, I believe he last played for the Hornets or something, but I mean, Montreal's Herald just got signed by the Sixers, um, today, I believe. Nice. Um, which there's a formidable list of free agents still out there, by the way. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a good backup for them. Um, Mm. you know, given the way they play and everything. So like, I think, I think I do, I, I do, I think the East, East has it at the moment. Um, there are some really elite teams in the West still, obviously, you know, the defending champs and the Suns and others. Um, but the um, the East is is the conference that looks much more like a um, a knife fight in a phone booth now. I think the, you know, the standings, and I haven't done my full kind of projections for how I think everyone's going to, how I think the two conferences are going to come out in standings and stuff, but the, um, the East poses some really interesting um, questions now. Um, that the um, whether you know the West has kind of you know the the balance of power has kind of um, shifted. Here's this here, just just mentioning formidable free agents. You might have just been pumping up someone's tires a little bit, Adam. Yeah. Just looking at this list of still unsigned free agents. Um, and I might be overplaying it, but there's like 60 names on this list, and it looks like. Every one of them played for the Los Angeles Lakers in the last two seasons. A lot of them played in that championship season. Um, no, there, Probably three few, seasons. Dwight De, Mello De, being a Yeah, DeMarcus Cousins, did he play for the Lakers at some stage? Oh, Trevor yeah. Ariza. Yep. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge didn't play LaMarcus, for the Lakers. Um, Lance Stevenson. As it, Avery Bradley. <laughs> Wayne Ellington. Yes. Um, yeah, there's a few there. Uh, is Rondo a free agent? No. Rondo, Dennis Schroeder. Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley, Isaiah Thomas. Now, let's have a look just quickly because I've got Darren the Lakers. Collison? Did I've he get got the Lakers 2020 championship team on my um, desktop wallpaper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to see how many of those players actually played in the championship. We've got Dwight, With, Rondo. Right. You know, as as – just the just the two, Danny Green. Who else? Yeah, no. Anyway, I I'd like to commend Adam on his restraint 
at waiting yeah. until this point in the podcast to drop the fact that his team won the championship two seasons ago. Yeah. Um, if that had been the only championship the Lakers had ever won, it would still be more championships than either of our teams have won combined. <laughs> combined. <laughs> yeah. So. Yes. But um, Adam's gonna when he's when he's when he's, gone, nice when he's like when he's gone through the the horror of this podcast and how we're talking about how the Lakers are going to make the playoffs again, he'll get out the tape of the you know the 1951 uh, Lakers championship that uh, that Lakers the LA Lakers claim is theirs. I, you know what I watched the other night? I watched Kobe's 81-point game. <laughs> I watched the 81-point game the other night, and it was brilliant. Did you did you have a martini while you were watching it? Yeah, I put 81 olives in it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I keep looking for Jalen like, throughout, the, throughout the first half, too. Like, it's just... They actually thought, the Toronto thought they were in with a, a chance. They were the greatest show. They should green light it. They should just do it again. Damn right. Yeah. How did that show not get picked up? I don't need no Marvel crap. I need Jalen Rose crossed yep. with Seinfeld, crossed with Sex in the City, crossed with... Oh, my God. The Office. Delusions. <laughs> Delusions. So, can I can I clarify um, your yeah. question, East versus West? Yeah, who's the better? Who, go on Over, paper, are we going talking overall season. conference? Overall conference, as in... One versus one, two versus two, three versus three, right down. Who would win the most matchups? Okay, so this isn't like a, a an old school all star game where you get the East versus the best of the East versus no, the best no, 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 no. This is teams wise. Okay, yeah, because no, I'm not, like, not an I still think the championship. I still don't think the championships leaving the Western Conference. I just think the top end's too strong. Um, you did but, have the Warriors last season pretty early. Yes, uh, I, I, I know the East has got. Stronger, and we've moved a couple of players across. But I, I still like you're looking at the you're, tell, you're talking about the Lakers being the ninth ranked team, and they have two of the top fifteen players in the league. I know, but what two of the top? But at some stage, LeBron's not going to be LeBron anymore. And we've been saying it for three years. And what he's like thirty eight now? Yes, and he's just signed a two year extension. Two year extension. He's not getting traded. He's going to make it past the four year mark. You know, muzzle tough. Um, but We've got a crack at Bronny. Anyway. Yeah. you got Anthony Davis, who, we'll, again, we'll cover this where we do our prep, but he's just like, he has to get on the floor. And the Lakers are a different proposition when he plays. Um, they're still, I mean, they've done something. They've done but, some things to alleviate their depth. And if they turn Russell Westbrook into Miles Turner and someone else from Buddy Indiana, Heald. who's Buddy Heald, who's, a, you know, bit, slightly better than starting quality in the NBA, then it might be a, a slightly different story. And again, LeBron will probably have to move positions again if that's yeah, that's fine. Like, like I, every time people hypothesize about what's I don't want like, to. I don't want to. I don't want this to be. I don't want to be aggregated or aggregated. No one listens to this. But um, I don't. I don't want to sound like I'm. Be, I'm down talking LeBron. He's you know. Yeah, look, I'm I'm, I'm just trying I'm, to weigh up the top end as far yeah. as talent in the East and the West, and I still yeah. I still think the West have it. Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't it's know like, if Donovan. I I might underrate Donovan Mitchell a little bit. Um, yeah. So, or I might overrate the likes of Steph and Jokic. I know. But Boston won the Eastern Conference last season. All indications are that they'll be better this season. They're better the on way paper. their offseason's been phenomenal, right? Yeah. So Milwaukee, Milwaukee get Middleton back, and do we not much do we, else though? Do any of us think that Giannis is 
do any of us think Giannis is either pre-prime or post-prime? I think he's at his plat- he's plateauing at his peak. Yeah. I what think happens if Giannis. what happens if Philly get okay? No more mucking around. This is my last chance to win a title. I'm going to get serious, James Harden. There are some noises. <laughs> that's an interesting. That's an interesting one. We've um, covered we've covered Cleveland. Um, if you think Miami aren't making a move to compete from here between now and the trade deadline, you've got rocks in your head. I don't think they've got to move in them. That's that's yep. all. Atlanta went and got maybe the you know. And how, no, look, that's, how good that, would Cleveland right. be if Jante, they had? To, all right, so is yeah, Jonte Murray moving? Jonte for that three spot. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. And I haven't even talked about Brooklyn or Chicago or Toronto. Uh, Suddenly, I've got a team. I've, I'm talking about those are going to be trade Not making the playoffs. Once if Washington get a full season out of? Um, Didn't we? No. No, the big dude to... traded for who used to play for Knicks in Dallas. And Paul I Zingas. Porzingis. Dinwiddie went to Dallas, yeah. Um, Porzingis is trash, anyway. What, what happens if two years ago Julius Randle shows up? That'd be nice. He's played like that. Well, you're a huge Randle stand. You are. I love Randall. I love Randle. The T-Rex. Um, it's just like this. This seems I count out in the, in the East. I, I'm, I'm saying at the moment. I reckon Sacramento, but I think Sacramento is more like – Maybe the lists are getting better structured. I don't know. Okay. What I'm hearing, I think, Daniel depth, is I think at, there's depth on both sides. And I still think... What, if, what I'm hearing from Adam when he talks up... When he talks up Sacramento is he wants me to move the Lakers to 10. <laughs> <laughs> trigger alert. Trigger alert. You know what the most disappointing thing about Utah blowing it up? You know what the, you know what the most disappointing thing about Utah blowing it up this season is? It was going to be the season where the, where the Spurs finished last. And now they're not going to. Damn. Correct. Correct indeed. Anyway, I, we need to move on. I mentioned Brooklyn before, and for those of us who aren't in that group chat, which is everybody else who's not on this podcast, um, there was some rumours a little while ago that uh, there was some chat that you know, Kevin Durant wanted to get out of Brooklyn, and then they Brooklyn weren't going to give him away, and they were getting far from it. They wanted a king's ransom, and that's their prerogative. Um Bobby Brown reference. Um, and there was some suggestion, and the suggestion was made by me that Manny Durant would walk away. And Daniel, you know, sat us all down and said, you know, let's get out the sheet music and play. Who wants Kevin Durant? Loves playing basketball too much. Yeah. Um, so Kevin Durant has shuffled, you know, scuffed his feet back to the Barclay Center and will tuck his tail between his legs, come back to the Barclay Center, report the training camp. What is going to happen with Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets? This was so promising on paper, Have, um, except for the fact that Kyrie was involved and Kevin Durant, the most unhappy superstar in world sport. Have you ever have you ever watched what, what, a, train, a train wreck happen like in slow motion? That is the season for Brooklyn. If they had, this is the thing. I mean, we were talking about Jared Allen before, but if 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 Brooklyn yeah. had turned just Jared Allen and had just traded that singular asset and turned him into Ben Simmons, that would still be at the moment, you know, deleterious for Brooklyn. They are they were worth, they would be worse if they had turned just Jared Allen into Ben Simmons, but instead they've turned Jared Allen and you know whatever draft picks they sent for James Harden minus whatever they got back from Philly for James Harden, which wasn't the same. They traded more. 
um, that Joe Jarrell and that surplus of draft yeah. picks, Ben Simmons, um, who not only doesn't play for the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> or anywhere for that matter, but also doesn't want to be involved in any group chats with anyone in the Brooklyn Nets. Ben Simmons Nets. used to play basketball. That's all we can say, right? And he doesn't have to play basketball anymore, but he can't keep getting paid $30 million a year if he doesn't want to play basketball. Correct, correct. Um, but this is this is, this is is like, I, is KD the main factor here? Like, what the hell is going to happen? Kyrie was demanding a trade issues. until he wasn't. KD was going to walk away, was going to sit, sit out until he got traded. Ben Simmons was just sitting out. But... <laughs> What do you do in Brooklyn? Does Steve Nash have to like suit up? What is Steve yeah. Nash the wrong the wrong person for the job? I mean, the right person is like late late nineties Phil Jackson, but that's yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, you can get current yeah. Phil Jackson, who's nothing like it. <laughs> well, he's like eighty years old. Yeah. Um. So I think honestly, I think the Kevin Durant. Um, piece of it is he's going to KD basically. So when you say you know he might be miserable, totally I can, but he also can play brilliantly even when he's miserable. Mm-hmm. Because the only time on a team he hates, <laughs> the only time yeah. he's happy is when he's out playing basketball. And I think that you know really the um, and this is part of why he's unhappy. I think the there's a lot. There's a lot sitting on whether Ben Simmons is still a basketball player and whether Kyrie can stay healthy and out of his own head and actually on get on the court for – realistically, right, he gets hurt. So realistically, what, 60 games, 66 games, something like that, he might might get if he's reasonably healthy. Yeah. He's in a contract year, right? Like he's had his, you know, what player option. Um, he, he, he has – Yeah, he's Kyrie Irving. Well – That's his mindset, of, though. But. Well – I'm not sure that it is. I think a lot of people have tried to crawl inside Kyrie Irving's head, and a lot of them have been wrong. Um, you know, things that, that they think matter, think should matter to him, don't matter to him. I mean, I think what happened was he wanted to get out of there. He looked around, couldn't make a trade happen, wants to go to the Lakers, realized he needed to rehabilitate his value, realized it was in his financial best interest, and opted in. Um, I don't think he's as much of an alien in that way as people seem to think he is. Um, mm. So he might come out motivated, and we know he's very talented, right? Like, he he might give us a pretty good Kyrie Irving season. I mean, yeah, you know, like he might he might do that. And we know that he he doesn't shy away from big shots or big moments, um, because he cares about different things or he cares about them in different ways. Yeah, um, and in if we think about what de- what really derailed last season like leave aside the um the trade but like what really derailed it was the whole thing with um Kyrie his decision about the vaccine and the poison that placed in team culture right um you know the word is yeah. that that's why Harden soured on the team right that's what it was yeah. about um that's why he wanted to leave. And, you know, maybe maybe he'll find another thing to be sort of objectionable about this, this season. But 
if he doesn't, he's got every reason to play well. Um, for one thing, it's his best way of getting where he wants to get is by impressing everyone this season. Yeah, um, yeah and we know he's we know he's got it in him, talent wise. Um, but the, this idea that Kyrie Irving acts rationally is a minority view. Not so, putting aside, you know, most yeah. most most elite sports people at that level don't act in a way that most people out in the community would see would would consider rational. Like, agree, agree. But it's a different it's a different style of you know to to be grammatically correct irrationality. So, yeah. Michael Jordan is so competitive, he bribes a baggage handler to put his bags out first so he can win a bet with a teammate about whose bags were going to come out first. That is, is very irrational, right? But is it absolutely the the type of irrationality you want from people who play for our sporting teams? Yeah, agreed. So, the type of rationality we want, like, like amongst our current NBA players, is Jimmy Butler, you know, a guy who will just be like, I am willing to work so hard yeah. and, you know, there are, there are things that I care more about than how sore I am or my physical health or what people who I care about think about me, which would be the way I would describe that sort of conventional irrationality. And Kyrie yeah. Irving's irrationality is, well, I care about other things other than us. Like, you know, for, 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 you know obviously the, the not taking the vaccine – yeah, that was a big He's deal. An obvious example, and you know, Novak Djokovic doesn't doesn't owe anything to anyone or piss anyone off really by, you know, not taking the seat because he plays an individual sport. But Kyrie Irving, as how we understand team sports to be, has an obligation to his teammates as his teammates have an obligation to him. Correct. So he decides, I'm not going to. To take the vaccine. This is about what's best for me, mm. and his team. And it's no, it shouldn't be any surprise that that had a huge effect on team culture, and that will be that yeah. trust will be hard to rebuild. Yeah, you know, who, you know who he reminds can, me can, of. Can the team dynamic exist with, you know, with enough strong leadership? And this is what it has to come from Durant. And yeah. I'm not sure it will. In terms of in the locker room, it's just like mm. we, you know, guys. Let's let's just. This is the situation. They've got to get a Let's job done. With the bad. Kyrie brings things to the table that we need, okay? There's stuff that we have to deal with that we wish we didn't have to deal with. But he, you know, this is my boy, yeah. you know. They're, they're close, and it would appear that they're still close. Yes. Um, There's no stories about there being any bad blood between Durant and Kyrie. It's all about no. everybody else. So. Yeah. Let's sure. let's use this to our advantage. Let's get through this, you know. And I go back to something wonderful um, who didn't end up working last last season because of you know because we screwed it up in the conference semis. But Monty Williams, when they got beaten, the, when the Suns got beaten in the finals at the end of the game, said, "Everything you want is on the other side of hard." So there are going to be challenges, and this is just a different type of challenge. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's interesting, and I think. You know, just on the face of it, not being in the locker room, things would appear to be easier in dealing with that Kyrie Irving challenge if Kevin Durant was just a little less miserable. Yeah. You know, Kyrie Irving reminds me of, now that I think about it historically, is Rick Barry. But Rick Barry, whose best friend is on the same team now. Um, I mean, 
The um, I think again, it, I think it might have been on the Simmons podcast. Someone was referring to the Nets as like the on paper Nets, and like that's just their official name now. Because on paper, mm. you know, if Ben Simmons plays even as well as he did the year he kind of crapped out in the playoffs. Up until that point, um, he won't be asked to do anything that he doesn't want to do in that role. He's had some time to recover. Um, mm. Kyrie has what would be conventional reasons to play, um, and there are some signs that some of those things motivate him, even if it's just yeah. it's his best way of getting out of there um, yeah. and and staying in the league. So, I mean, they could be great. I think they're um, they're a really interesting potential wild card, but they've sort of disappointed us so many times now. Um, yeah, That's that. True. It's very hard to be confident that they're going to do anything that they like, be anything like their potential suggests. No, doing doing anything of substance seems way, 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 way too far off at this stage. Yeah, and I don't think they'd be that committed. I just don't see it in their DNA to be that committed to like, we have to get to fifty-five wins. It just doesn't seem like it. Just they've got, they've got. We'll figure it out at the end. Written all over them because of what we've seen, they, particularly last that, year. But they're lacking because of it. They need leadership there. They need someone to unify the team, and and they don't have that. Yeah, yeah. They need the glue guy. They do. They do. Rondo. Could Rondo? You reckon? Lakers Free point agent. guard, former Lakers point guard. Are there I any think other more memorable as a Celtic, right? Yeah, but are there any other? Laker point guards or former Laker point guards who are championship winners with uh, both the Lakers and the Celtics. Glue guys. Don't know. Would you describe Russell Westbrook as a glue guy? Yep. Everyone playing at home. That was that was a segue. Um, There was one (laughs) more thing I wanted to cover tonight, and that was we did we did touch on the Lakers a little bit. Oh, you love touching on the Lakers. (laughs) We did touch the bit. Obviously, the Lakers have a big issue with their roster, and it is Russell Westbrook, who That's apparently... That's not the issue. It's not the, the issue? The issue is Anthony Davis doesn't take the court. <laughs> so this one, can, can... So, Adam, you're, 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 the big, you're the Laker fan. I am. Question. When, when the NBA season starts next month, does, I think you, are you guys playing opening night? I think we are. How? We have one of those iconic Is it 2001? franchises. We're we're one of the iconic franchises. You know this. Anyway. I'm looking this up. This is I'm not I'm opening pre-season. I don't want to look up the preseason. Get to the real season. You know NBA. Yeah, you're playing you're ghosting the you're playing the Golden State Warriors in the first day of the season. Celtic Sixers. And Warriors Lakers. Oh look, it's it, it's it's um two two teams that have won championships in the last few years. It's 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 incredible that they're giving the Warriors like a round one bye. Um, <laughs> you funny guy. No. Um, does Russ <laughs> play that game? Is Russ still on the roster on the nineteenth of October, Australian he's, time? He he is starting that night. He's starting that night. And Patrick Beverly, uh, the the um, it's the their mate, their teammate, yeah, their the, buddies, the Los Angeles Pet Bevs. They are, 
Yeah. The Lakers came to LeBron him. LeBron and AD should be so glad that they get the opportunity to play with him, all right? <laughs> I can't say that with a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Daniel, right. if the Lakers trade Russell Westbrook successfully, does he play one more NBA game in his career? <laughs> So something that's hard about him is that a team that is all in on tanking doesn't want him because he's going to win them more games than they like. Um, oh, come on. Indiana is still tempted. <laughs> they don't buy him out, like, immediately? Exactly. Exactly. Trade for him and then blow it up. In the perfect place for Westbrook to finish his career, in the home of basketball. Indiana, you be a Hoosier. I guess the the thing is, it's just hard to see where he fits. I mean, you know, they liked him in Washington. <laughs> Can we have Kuzma back, please? The most the, the the most famous citizen of Washington when he was playing there was Donald Trump. So I think there was some, I think I think I think there was some comparison that worked for him in terms of other famous what people in Washington at the moment when he was playing there. So. You know what um, went down worse than that joke? Um, <laughs> <laughs> this next one, yeah. Um, I it is it is hard to see it is hard to see where he fits. Um, teams that are jockeying for position, um, teams at the top are unlikely to want him because it's hard to trust him. In mm. he's completely unable to accept the smaller role. Teams that uh, want to be bad can't trust him to not care enough, to not care too much, to win a few games through sheer effort, um, which he does. He does that every season. Um, so really what we're talking about is kind of a team in maybe the, like the lower half but not in the tanking zone. <laughs> and who is that? Like they're, they're kind of play-in candidates, right? The Lakers. Oh, wait. <laughs> Never mind. Um, well, it's, you know, it's it's the Knicks, isn't it? What are the Knicks got it, that we want? I mean, it wouldn't be out of character, but like Julius Randle, Adam, the salaries match up, don't well, they? At least that's a power forward that'll actually play. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I I I think the Knicks have got different priorities now. Yes. Mm. Um. I mean, my understanding was that they, their attitude with the Donovan Mitchell trade, sorry, Donovan Mitchell potential trade, was essentially that even um, without Barrett, their their um, their package was better than anyone else's package, um, and you know they they signed um, Barrett's extension before they had to, um, because they essentially gave um, the Jazz a, a, a deadline. Um, and when they didn't make the deadline, they re-signed uh, Barrett. And, good. good for the uh, Knicks, as in, I mean, these are, they've been getting fleeced for decades. Yeah, and so, then after that, and then after that, the Jazz decided to do the deal with someone else. Um, so yeah, I mean, it is, it's, it's hard. Like, can ads? Can you think of someone that could really use Westbrook and wants him? Come on, 
Adam Adam has not spent any time thinking about possible destinations for Russell Westbrook. Don't be silly. <laughs> Hornets. I've heard that one suggested because of the um the Jordan Brand connection and all of that. Mm. Um, I haven't heard it's got like that there have been discussions or anything, but um, I don't know if if it was pre Celtics Gordon Haywood, it's a yes for the Lakers. I, I what, just it's yeah, not, but then but no, then why it's do, Utah why do, Gordon Haywood? It has to be. But then why then? But then why do the Hornets say yes? I mean, you really want to do things that you really want to make moves that are going to take the ball out of. Lamelo's Lamello's hand. hand, yeah, true, true. Yeah. Oh, the future of that franchise. You, you is include Lamelo as part of the deal because Westbrook's so good. And I'm joking, what? by the way. That's fine. I mean, if you they, get they if don't. you get a like, point, there's, no, there's no team. Indiana's the only one that makes sense to the Lakers. And let's be fair to the Lakers. The Lakers are going to be stubborn about it. If do you know what I mean? Like they're they're basically saying they're prepared to have another season with LeBron AD being upset that they've got Westbrook on the team. They've got Pat Beverly to piss Westbrook off, and he's still sticking around and hanging out at training. I yeah. think Westbrook starts the season as a Laker. I don't think they've got any other moves, and they can't give yeah they can't give up the ass in a case something happens. Year. They'll be monitoring the situation. Don't yeah, they just get Kyrie next year? Someone's someone's going someone's going to be sniffing around that expiring. I don't yeah. think the start of the season is when they start sniffing. And get it a long-term deal. So the one I thought of... Yeah, I think something um, will happen in January. Well, the one I thought of possibly was there are a couple of teams that have a bunch of cap space and may not be committed to being good this season. Um, Please say it's Damian Lillard. Well, <laughs> the, the one that came to mind... Um, and I don't know how they'd make it work trade-wise, though. That's the only problem. Um, was OKC because they've got mm. all this money, they've got um, things they could trade, um, and you know, like maybe maybe Russ could go home. I've I've heard this as an idea before. Um, That's an interesting one. I'm not sure about whether it's what they want. You know, whether he's he's who they'd want at the moment. Um, but I mean, they have just had to shelve um, Chet for the whole season, so their expectations. Okay, well they have done, and so you know, yeah. maybe maybe they um, maybe they want it. The, the Lakers, if if it's going to be a trade, which it sort of has to be at this point, the um, the Lakers don't have a whole lot of options. Um, and, you know, is this a case of sort of addition by subtraction? Um, uh, because they're not going to get a whole lot for that. Not in the immediate term, anyway. It's not like the OKC is going to trade them Josh Giddy or... Um, yeah, no. Or Shea. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it would just, be a, matter of, it would just I... be a matter of gaining flexibility um, through that for them. And, yeah. you know, OKC uh, um, can absorb a salary like that. Um, that's one of the few teams that do can. I have permission do I have permission to get serious about the Lakers <laughs> actually make a serious point without making any jokes you're welcome to <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. why start now <laughs> very good so so between like getting swept by the Mavs in 2011 
and LeBron arriving, there was like seven years where where Kobe um, farewell to reside. Things were pretty grim in Lake Town, and there was absolutely no effect on the Lake popularity or long-term viability. They were probably still, you know, if I look past the old schedules, they probably still played on Christmas Day every year, you know, running around. Josh Hart and Lonzo Ball and Julius Randle and D'Angelo Russell and all the, you know, Chris, whichever one of the Lopez brothers they had. So the Lakers are uniquely placed because of their, their spot in NBA folklore actually ride out a fallow period. We've just seen that happen. So you just absolutely resist the urge to kick the can down the road even further in terms of when they'd actually get the opportunity to build organically. They will be tempted if the opportunity came up to send Russell Westbrook to Oklahoma City with like two first round draft picks for Lou Dort. Just plucking out a name. He'd be, he'd be a very nice addition to the Lakers and give them stuff they don't have. So he's almost certainly not on the table. But um, the Lakers should resist it and take their medicine. Westbrook comes off the books in 12 months and then there'll be a little bit more flexibility. Um, I don't know if I would have signed LeBron to a two-year extension, but... What do you do? Got to put your hat in the ring again, for uh, Bronny. You have an opportunity to re-sign one of the greatest five players of all time, um, who's still performing at a at a level that most NBA players would only dream of reaching. Yeah, did the Wizards re-sign um, Jordan if he you, fucking takes it? Oh my god! Yeah, how do you not? How do you not offer him a contract? We got breaking news or? Nah, nah, nah. It's just more rubbish about Westbrook and Beverly. Okay. That photo They've I sent you to have is now. Everywhere. Yeah. Their boyfriend, they're actually in a relationship. They've updated their Facebook Lunch status. <laughs> they went to breadsticks. It's no longer, it's complicated. Um, so I think the so Lakers simple. should just take take their medicine and try above all else to Genie get their won't draft do hand as untouched as, as untouched as possible so that when the LeBron era is over and Anthony Davis is gone, that they have the opportunity to rebuild organically as quickly as possible. That's my point. They'll never... That's my serious The problem the is the Lakers will never be able to build organically. Well, why is it that... Why is it that other teams are able to show patience and the Lakers are not? Considering the Lakers... The Lakers are the have Lakers. The great, have, have the greatest ability to show patience. Yeah, no. Yeah, but the you fans aren't going anywhere. I don't know. Maybe because the Clippers are good. I don't know. Are they? Isn't the whole Clippers thing this season based on whether we get like 80% John Wall back? I think if we get 70% John Wall back, the the, the Clippers are better. I'd be happy if they get like 50% of their roster fit on any one particular <laughs> game. <laughs> good point. Look, let's be real. I right. just I just want the Clippers to fail again. That. <laughs> I've given up on the Lakers winning the title. I just want the Clippers to fail. It's a, it, I think it needs to be said, but I'm glad it's said, just for people who might have come in late. Um, Adam hates the Clippers with the fire of a thousand suns. That's a direct quote. 
and you know you get a free prize. And the sons that I hate from. them with are the other the Phoenix sons that I also don't like. Right. That was a two. I don't version. know what we did. It's not the team that did what anything. We did. <laughs> you want? I'm, ki- I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway, <laughs> we're gonna be back next month with our annual pre-season predictions, all predictions wrong or your money back, NBA preview pods. So This is the one where I say I told you so like 10 months in advance. Yeah, but then you'll be wrong. But (laughs) you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. I was the one who didn't trust Phoenix. Yeah. And then they sucked me in through the whole, you know, what I thought was a whole smackdown. Don't underestimate the Warriors. Today I settle all family business regular season and then we turn up in the playoffs and we're just a shell of ourselves. I should have known better. Daniel, Adam, thank you for joining me. Pleasure as always. Pleasure. And, And we'll be back. Same bat time, same bat channel, which is basically whenever I feel like it on the podcast, it should go that saying. Later.